0: Welcome to Lighthouse 805 Podcast. Today we start a new sermon series, Hive, where we're looking at the life of a beehive as it correlates to the life of a church. One God, one focus, and it starts with you. Well, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good? A-okay? Good? Nice? Good? Yeah? Um, We are starting a new sermon series entitled Hive. We have the new graphic up. We have the new painting up, and we have a beehive on the podium. Um, yes, it's real. Some people, you know, you came in and you were like, oh, is that real? Or that's, that's fake, right? That's fake? No. We, we brought in bees. So if you're allergic to bees, I'm sorry. Um, halfway through, we'll be releasing them to, to demonstrate how they build a hive. <laughs> Just kidding. Um. Respect. <laughs> Respect the bees. Okay. <laughs> um, in, in today, God, God had been speaking to me uh, about a word, and it was, it was kind of funny because I was like, I, don't, I, didn't, I was still wrestling with it. I didn't fully understand it, comprehend it. And then Nikiah gave the word from uh, during worship, and it, this only adds to that. It's kind of like the second part, if you will. And the whole, the whole concept was, as a community in this location, uh, this city our, our, who's listening online, I felt the the spiritual attitude or spiritual season of, almost like we're coming out of a season of draining, if that makes any sense, like a season of just like, ugh. Like, if you've ever seen um, Phantom Toll Booth where you go through the doldrum. Um, a lot of people haven't seen that, but it's okay. Um, but it's like this like draining, it's almost like energy is being sucked off of us and we're just feeling tired and things are frustrating and they're just kinda amping up. Like a season of draining happened. And it was really not so much the enemy trying to tear us down, but it was actually God draining out us as a vessel so he could fill us up in this new season. Let's look at it like that. Let's praise God that, you know what, there were some frustrations. Praise God, I'm through them. Praise God, I'm going to get through them. Praise God that maybe I just started it, but I know there's an outcome now. And you can understand and see what God is doing. I I love this, this visual of us being almost like a bowl, and if we're filled with just junk and all this stuff, it gets stagnant, but God had to take us through a season of draining, of pulling it away, of frustrations where we shake a little bit, just so he can fill us up again. That's what this season's about. Excuse me, I'm like, I'm just going to take a sip of water or coffee. Well, Hive. We made it through this past season, and we're entering this new season entitled Hive. This this whole concept, this whole series is about the power of unity. And it's such a good way to kick it off on Pentecost. The only reason the Pentecost happened was because everyone was gathered together in unity. And it just so happens we're starting a sermon series on unity, on the day of unity. I'm so glad that God is smarter than I am. I'm going to be honest. I did not orchestrate that. That was all God. I am not that clever. I'm not that genius. But God is like, I'll show you, and you will see that I am at the head of this. I love when God shows up and does things like that. Uh, the, the whole concept of a hive, the whole concept of this, this, this whole thing is a hive only exists because it functions in unity. right? You don't have portions of the hive saying, you know what, today, I'm just going to take today off. And it's going to be my thing. And, you know, maybe just like the whole month, I'm just going to do my own thing. That's not how a hive functions. It's not how it works. It wouldn't be able to produce anything. <coughs> Did you know, this is a, uh, I'm, I'm really into the weeds on bee facts uh, with this service series. Jay and I have a, we're going to call each other and he's going to tell me all the random bee facts uh, in this coming week. Um, but the bees are weird, man. They have some weird things going on with them. Did you know, Bees, this is crazy. You know how a lot of animals are born with instincts? Like, they just know how to do things. Did you know bees are not born with the instinct of how to make honey? That kind of blew my mind. It's like, you have one job. <laughs> make honey. They're not born with the with concept of how to make honey. That's really weird for me to wrap my head around. Bees are not born with the instinct to make honey, but the older generation takes the younger generation and teaches them how to make honey. Uh, it's, it's really wild. And I feel like as a church, a global church, we miss this concept severely. We got one thing to do, expand the kingdom of God. We're not born with that instinct whatsoever. But if our older generation, our seasoned believers, are not taking young believers under their wing and teaching them how to make the one thing, the kingdom of God. We're failing. Uh, That's why we see a lot of hives, a lot of churches start dwindling down, because we don't understand this concept of of teaching the younger generation what we know. Because a lot of times we can be embarrassed. Oh, I can't tell you what I went through because that's embarrassing to me. So you're going to set up the younger generation to have the same mistakes you had? That's bad. That's bad. That's like not good. Whatsoever. A thriving church must have the concept of unity at its core. Do you know how many times Jesus talked about unity, kingdom of God, three strands coming together? It was all about the unified vision. The phrase he uttered the most on this planet was kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. He he harped on unity, and we can miss that so easily, but that's at the core principle of what the hive is. This sermon series is taking a look at the hive and life of bees and applying it to our lives and our church. I wrote down this question in my notes, will you be open to hearing then doing what God has been speaking to the world for all of time, especially illustrated in the beehive? A thriving church comes down to three components. That really, at its base, we're we're trying to find the queen. But Jay said she probably snuck. Oh, they're all facing this. This is probably the queen right here, maybe. Um, but the the whole premise, the whole thriving hive, comes down to three components. It's the queen bee. The hive has a, a one focus, and each individual bee is committed to the queen and that focus. That's really, that's really a successful hive, because if a hive doesn't have a queen, <laughs> there's no bees to stick around. <laughs> they might linger there for a while, but they, they don't last long. If you don't have one singular purpose of like, this is what we're going to do, then it starts dwindling off, because they're just like, eh, I don't know what to do. You know, and they start wandering around, and then they just leave. And if bees aren't committed to doing it, it's just a queen sitting on a honeycomb with nothing else, because each bee is selfish and doing what they all want to do. You have to have those three things going on, and, and it, it kicks over to our church almost perfectly. We have to have a singular focus. We have to have a singular God. We have to have each be committed to both of these things, and so breaking it down into these three points. Number one, one God. The queen bee is God in this illustration. If you didn't figure it out, I am not the queen bee. God is the queen bee. Please do not mistake that, God is a queen bee. Beyonce is not the queen bee. God is the queen bee. I love this. Both the queen bee and God have something in common. They both sit at the center of everything, creating new life constantly. A, a queen bee's job just sits there creating new life. That's what God does on the throne. He's constantly making new life all the time. Think about how many salvations do we see? How many people born do we see? It's constant new life. Today, in looking at this beehive and looking at God and the focus and and our own individual things, God led me to really look at and hyper-focus on Jesus on trial. Doesn't really make sense to go there from a beehive because there's so many verses on honey in the Bible, but God really... Put on my heart to look at Jesus on trial before Pilate. This is right before he gets crucified. He's sitting there on trial, and Pilate's going to determine does he live or die. And Jesus responds with who he really is, and it's just such a perfect example. John eighteen verse thirty three says this: Pilate went back into the palace and called for Jesus. He said, "Are you the King of the Jews?" Jesus answered. Are you saying this on your own, or did others tell you this about me? Pilate said, do I look like a Jew? <laughs> it's just, it's comical to me. Thanks, David, for chuckling. I, it's a funny state, statement. <clears throat> your people and your high priest turned you over to me. What did, what did you do? Your own people <clears throat> threw you in jail? What did you do? It's like he is more perplexed by anything right now. He's like, he is the top guy in government. He helps write the laws. He helps break the laws. He helps all the kinds of laws. He determines who lives, who dies. He is the law. He is Sylvester Stallone, okay? <laughs> I'm like quoting old movies right now. I'm so amped at like three sermon series from now. It's, I'm just, I gotta focus. Pilate said, do I look like a Jew? Your people and your high priest turned you over to me. What what did you even do? The first aspect of the queen bee, or God, if you will, is, is being one God, is A, we have to know that God is in control. The queen bee of the hive is in control. Whatever it looks like is happening in the hive at that moment, you have to trust as your individual bee that the queen is in control and she knows what's happening Because when she moves, you move. God is in control. The the irony in John chapter 18, I read it a few times, and then all of a sudden I started laughing about it. Because where, where is Jesus? The king of kings is waiting in the palace for Pilate. The king of kings is already in the palace. Pilate's outside and he's coming into the palace, and the king of kings is actually, he has, he's in bondage. He has chains on him. He's handcuffed. I, I, there's some irony here. The king is already in the palace, and now Pilate is going to decide if he dies. And we have to know that God is in control even in the situations where he doesn't look like he's in control. God is in complete control but sometimes he allows things to take place for the greater purpose. I think everyone has asked this question at at one point, like, why do bad things happen to good people? I think that's just a bad question. Like a real question we need to ask ourselves is what can I learn in this situation? What is God speaking to me about? Not why did God allow this? No. What is God speaking in this moment? B God of all. One of the things that Jesus uh, is coined of saying, and he goes throughout the Bible, he always asks people in different ways, who do you say that I am? Who, who, what is your viewpoint of me? And in a way, he's asking Pilate that. So ha- did other people say you tell you to tell that, or are you asking me this right now? Jesus wants to know at the core, who do you say that I am? And so many times our faith in a hive, in a church, can be based on how others say God is. H- have, have you ever seen someone say, well, my, m- my mom had a lot of faith. My grandma had a lot of faith. My, my dad always prayed at meals. Just because they prayed at meals doesn't mean that's like an inherited faith that now all of a sudden, they're saved, you're saved. It's not, it doesn't transfer like that. You have to make that commitment. And Jesus is asking Pilate, do you understand who I am? Or are you just going off the word of everyone else? Because God is God of all. The last aspect of of God, the queen bee, if you will, is see product versus position. Product versus position. There's a mindset that we can get towards God, and it's kind of the same mindset we can have towards the queen bee and the hive let's Let's break it down illustratively first, if we look at a hive, some of us are we might just be startled with fear if we're afraid of bees, okay Let's just get past that. That's not what we're getting at right now. But really, when we look at a hive, I would say a majority of us looks at the product honey. We look at a hive and we, we think honey, oh, how can I use this? How can I eat this? How can I enjoy this? Oh, I really love honey on this and this, and oh, this makes a great thing, and it's easy just to see it, but then just take the one product away and think about that. And it's really easy to do that with God also. Oh, I love God because he gives me joy. And we just look at the product of God, one singular product of God, and we just take that away. Oh, joy, this is joy, this is joy. And you you can always tell when someone's just dealing with one product of God because they say the same thing over and over and over, and they don't expand on anything else that God is. No, God God is not just a product maker. He is not just here to give joy and that's it, and he walks away, a nine-to-five position, a factory of joy. That's not God. See, we we don't worship God because of the product. We actually worship God because of his position. Because he sits on the throne of all time, of everything. And his position yields products. Joy, hope, love, peace, healing, kindness. He allows the Holy Spirit to come down and infill us. These are all products from God. But I don't worship him just for that. I worship him because he's the God of all creation. His position is everything. And and we can sometimes lose faith, if you will, if we're disappointed because the product didn't match what we are expecting it to be. And that's when worship stops for a lot of people. It's like, God, uh, joy, I I need joy, I need joy. I don't feel joy. Ah, I'm out for a second. You know? And when we're worshiping based on a product that didn't meet our standards of living— our worship and praise can falter at moments. It, it, can, it can sink for a moment. And re- what in reality, we need to look at God not just based on a product he gives, but on the throne he sits on. Good times and bad times. That's what we go after. Product versus position. I also wrote this, products are consumed and used up while position is permanent. So point number two. So number one, we had the queen bee, which is God, and number two, there's a singular focus going on. And if you don't have a focus of a hive, it can die off. Likewise, if you don't have a focus of a church, it can dwindle out, it can fizzle, it can it can die. Number two is one focus. Every bee has one focus, the hive. If everyone had different focuses, the hive would not sustain. It wouldn't be healthy and there'll always be fighting, and splitting, and going in separate directions, and everyone wants their own agenda. And it's crazy. Have you ever been part of a, a, almost like an unhealthy church back in the day, when it's like, it becomes a church split, and then another church split, and then people have agendas, and, and it just feels like uncomfortable to be there? Like, have you ever been, I mean, God bless if you have not been part of that, but it's super uncomfortable, because focus is lost, we need to have a, a singular focus that the queen bee, God, gives us, and just go after it. And that supersedes everything else, every frustration, every hurt, every stupid thing that would come our way. Our focus keeps us grounded. It keeps us on track. <clears throat> John eighteen thirty six says this, My kingdom, said Jesus, doesn't consist of what you see around you. If it did, my followers would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But I'm not that kind of king, not the world's king of king. Then Pilate said, so are you a king or not? Like, I like Pilate. He's just so normal. He's just so like us, you know. It's like, so what are you even saying right now? (laughs) Stop talking in riddles. (laughs) Jesus answered, you tell me, because I am king. I was born and entered the world so that I could witness to the truth. Everyone who cares of truth, who has any feeling for the truth, recognizes my voice. I love it. Pilate shows up to question Jesus, and Jesus asks Pilate more questions. Pilate just has to be confused right now. It's like, what is what is this guy even saying? We have to have a focus. Jesus makes Every church's focus unanimous. A. The kingdom. If your focus is not the kingdom, I almost question, are you obeying God? The kingdom. That's what Jesus talked about while he was walking on the earth. And in his dying moments, he talked about the kingdom. While he was on trial, he talked about the kingdom. The kingdom is our focus. And I like it because even Jesus gives a little bit of insight into the kingdom. My kingdom doesn't consist of what you see around you. And I think we could take that tangible and illustratively too. If our focus became the frustrations of what was immediately around us, we would (laughs) be it'd be so daunting, it'd be so waiting, it would it'd be so frustrating. Do you know what I mean? Because we start getting, getting so nitpicky on things. Even boiling down to practical things like our church building. Like there's a stain right here. I'm just pointing at one because I see one. Now I'm going to be thinking about it forever. If that was my main focus, there is a stain here and it's frustrating. That's all I think about. I, my focus would not be on the kingdom of God. It would be on a stain. Is Shannon jumping up to clean the stain right now? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we need to make sure we're aligned on focus. We can't allow distractions to come in that tear us away from the kingdom of God. That is so critical. If we base our emotional state and our mental state on what we see in every single season and every little thing that digs at us, we will miss the grand scheme of the, of the whole kingdom of God. The kingdom is the focus of Jesus, and it should be ours also. The kingdom is expanding heaven one person at a time. You know what's interesting about that? We can, we can even get lost in the details of that. So wait, the kingdom of God just means I have to go out and say, please accept Jesus, and that's it, I'm doing it. No. Jesus talks about expanding the kingdom. It's not just necessarily getting numbers but it's making sure those, that number expands. Are you growing as a Christian and as a believer? Because that's expanding also. Are you bringing in someone that needs Jesus? Because that's expanding. And then are you spending time with them so that they start growing? Because that's expanding. Don't, don't, don't try to confine what the kingdom of God is in what your favorite part of the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is expanding the kingdom of God. And there's so many little pieces of that. Do you know what? There's so many like jobs involved in what's happening just on this little screen of this hive. But it's one purpose. It's one focus. Everyone in here is doing one little thing, but together they're in unity towards the kingdom of the beehive, if you will. And then B, demographic. Demographic. This one's kind of interesting, but it's in there. So I'm going to bring it up because obviously it was a hot topic then, and it's, it's still a hot topic now. Demographic. He kept bringing up Jews and this culture and, and race. It's really interesting. They, they, one of the main topics they talked about was a race issue. That's one of the most dis- divisive ways that the enemy tries to come in and break apart churches. Did you know our church is extremely diverse? We have all types of people from all types of life. Some churches are so hyper-focused on, on little things, but we have to make sure that we're looking at the kingdom of God and all demographics are welcome. Every person is accepted. Can we all agree with that? every person is accepted in our church and the kingdom of God, and we got to make sure we stand for that. Jesus, when he was questioned by Pilate, Pilate was saying, so you're the king of this one people group, and Jesus like, "Mm, I'm the king of all peoples of all times. People aren't even born yet is what's going on in his head. In his mind, he's God. He has a glimpse of every person throughout all of time because he says he knew us before we were in our mother's womb. And yet he's sitting here, the demographic. When we're focused on the kingdom of God, we need to make sure we're open to every single person knowing the love of Jesus. Don't, Don't miss out on that. Don't ever walk by someone and the Holy Spirit nudges you saying, oh, that person needs prayer and go, no, that person doesn't act like me or wear the same things with me or looks like me, so I can't do that. Someone else will do that. And God's like, I talked to you. I didn't talk to anyone else. When God calls us, we answer. We will thrive by accepting all people because Jesus accepted all people first. C, no truth. The last aspect when when he's on uh, trial before Pilate is he starts talking about truth. He's like, Pilate, you're not getting that there is a truth here and you're not understanding what the real truth is. We have to understand truth. We have to have the focus of what is true going on in the kingdom. What is the truth about this? Is God speaking to us about a truth or are we bought into a lie? Do you know how many self-help books there are in the world on every topic? Including like uh, chairs in churches. There are like self-help, there are crazy self-help books. We need to focus more on the truth of what God is speaking to us than on what every other crazy thing that's going on is happening. (laughs) Pilate, I'm not joking. There's so many things written on so many different silly things. When it really comes down to it, it's the kingdom of God. And we got to focus on that and keep focused on that because the enemy just wants to come in and distract us all over these things. And three, number three, the last aspect of the hive. The last thing happening is it starts with one. That's the last point, starts with one. Every single bee is responsible for their job, for their role. They are responsible for trusting the queen and following the one purpose. This, this point's not really popular because that means each one of us is held accountable for what we're supposed to be doing. We're like a bee. We have to make sure I am 100% committed to God. And we have to make sure I am 100% committed to the vision of this church and the global church. Am I committed to those? I hope so. I'm the pastor. Are you committed to those? I hope so because we're in church together. Every bee has made the decision to serve the queen and grow the hive within their function and their own purpose. I know I said that quick, but that's a huge concept. You're responsible for serving God and growing the church within your function and your purpose, growing the kingdom of God within your function and your purpose. Do you know um, something really interesting to think about is no church building could house the same church a few weeks later if every person made the decision to fully function in their God-given gift. Really think about that for a second. Because if that was the case, let's say you're committed to every single week, every single day, Let's just break it down today. Every single day, I'm going to expand the kingdom of God. I'm going to grow myself and try to grow the kingdom by meeting someone. If you showed back up at church with seven people, one person each day, and everyone else did that, our church couldn't fit. No church building on this planet could sustain that. In three weeks, everyone who came did that. that that's some crazy math that I can't do right now. If we were committed to our hive as much as a worker bee was committed to their hive, man, our church should be radically changed, completely changed. If we said, yes, I'm going to function in my function, in my purpose fully for the kingdom of God, what would your life look like? Maybe you're already doing that, and I'm just saying, expand that, grow, because growing the kingdom of God sometimes consists of us growing too. What would that look like? So then, John 18, verse 37, Pilate says, so are you a king or not? And Jesus answered, you tell me, Because I'm a king, I was born into the world so that I could witness to the truth. Everyone who cares for truth, who has any feeling for the truth, recognizes my voice. And I love this response. Then Pilate said, what is truth? Dramatic pause. Then it says, then he went back out to the Jews and told them, I find nothing wrong with this man. It's your custom that I pardon one prisoner at Passover. Do you want me to pardon the king of the Jews? I love Pilate's response. It's the best response ever, because he hears Jesus fully, and he responds to it fully. This is this is the law guy. He makes laws. He works within the laws. He knows all the secret loopholes. He knows everything. He hears God speak before him, and he recognizes this guy is—he's right. So he works in his own purpose his own gifting and his own calling finds the loophole in the system and says, I can get you out of this. Walks out and goes, hey, by the way, there's a loophole in the law. You want him released? Because I can release him right now. And I, I love that. That's, that's the end of Pilate's story. It progresses on the people don't say yes, but in his own purpose and his own functioning, he allows for God to keep going. Uh, I love this. He, he, he recognizes his purpose. I'm here to hear the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Lord of Lords, and I have the ability to pardon him right now. He identified what was happening. His function was law, and he said, I can get God out of this because of law. And I love this. It, it's, what it comes down to it, is not trying to mimic someone else's shoes and say, oh, they did this, I want to do this. They, they do this. I, I read this story with this pastor, and he said that how he started his church was he sat on a cooler filled with ice cream and wore um, a rainbow afro in the middle of a park. That was, that was his calling. That's not me. <laughs> but he did it because he's like, you know what, I was a clown for so many years, and I'm going to use it for the kingdom. He's like, I brought joy t- to so many people with all the ice cream over the years and doing clowns and birthday parties, and he's like, I'm going to use that for Jesus, and Jesus said, I'm going to anoint that and bless that right now. It's not about jumping into someone else's shoes to, to jump into this focus. It's saying, what am I good at already, and let me do that. Well, where, where have I served? What have I been part of? What what is the thing that I am awesome at? God, I want to do it for your kingdom. And God's going to go, I'm going to bless that. You've been training for so many years. Use it for me. So the first aspect, A, is you've got to listen to God. God has been speaking. God has been speaking over and over and over. And I've had this point in the sermons, I, if you've noticed, like six weeks in a row. There's been a listen to God moment point. So if you haven't written your notes up to this point, this is your week. Listen to God. I keep adding in the sermons because God keeps speaking it to me and I'm listening to him. I know that in this next season where we're headed, God needs to be able to speak and we all individually need to hear him. If you're not hearing God, you need to start opening up your ears because he has so much for you. I think the crazy thing about Pilate Just this is my personal notes. The thing that kind of touched my heart is Pilate had the audacity to actually listen with an open heart to God. I don't know why. It's just, it makes me cry. It makes me think this guy didn't have to. He had the most authority and most power. He could do anything he wanted. He could point at a guy and think he'd be murdered. Like this guy sat on top and he had the audacity And in his mind, he knew he was better than this guy in chains sitting in his his room. He could have pedestaled himself up and just said, nah, kill him. But he sat there and heard him out. Doesn't even know him. And the thing that blows my mind is this guy doesn't even know Jesus, doesn't know God, doesn't know the love of God, sitting here on the highest pedestal of anyone in the city. Had the audacity to step off his pedestal and get eye level with Jesus and say, tell me your story. If he can do it, I can do it. We can do this. We can sit there and listen to God. I think one of the things that derails us hearing the voice of God is we heard God in a season say one thing, and we took a seasonal word from God and applied it to all times over our lives. That's dangerous. An example, I tell Ollie all the time, don't run into the street. He likes to run into the street. Ollie, don't run into the street. Don't go, don't touch the street. <laughs> There's cars that fly through. Don't go in the street. If Ollie took that word, for all time, he would never leave my house because he couldn't get into the street. It is a seasonal thing. I only don't want him to go into the street until he has the common sense to look both ways. Maybe eight, maybe nine. I don't know how long it's going to take. But Ollie, don't go in the street. Someday he'll get it. And I I want him to go in the street. I want him to be able to drive. I want him to be able to leave my house someday. (laughs) Just go. Go into the world live your life, kid. (laughs) But it would be ridiculous if I'm like, Ollie, you're 85, you you can't touch the street, don't go into there. Well, actually, I think there is a, a, never mind, Uh, let's say he's 45, (laughs) Don't, don't go into the street, because that's a seasonal word. And there's so many times that we can miss the voice of God because we're relying on a seasonal word he gave us. And when God's speaking to us, he's like, you're still going by that word? That was for three seasons ago. I'm speaking now for right now. And we need to have the whatever, the the ability to drop a password and go, oh, that was for that season. I need to take this word now. We need, we need to have that ability. Humility is the word I'm going for. We need to be able to be humbled and say, you know what, you're right, God. I don't know everything, and I can, I can hear from you now. B, find... I totally duplicated that word, that point from point two. I'm so sorry. We're going to have two points in this one. And see step out, step out. Number three, is starts with one, and the, the second aspect, if you will, is stepping out. Pilate had to hear God, recognize this was the word of God, and step out onto the balcony and take action with what he heard. It is one thing to hear from God, and it's a whole nother to obey. We need to do that. It is one thing, Jay was telling me, um, I saw one be like shaking violently in here, and I was like, what's wrong with him? (laughs) And Jay's like, that's how they communicate. They have heard and seen something, and now they're speaking to anyone who will listen around them. And if, And when they come back and they dance, they're actually making this dance and the rest of the bees can receive that dance and know where fresh nectar is and fresh pollen is and they fly out and go take that trail. It's just communication. But it's one thing to be communicated to but it's another thing to actually do it. Because that one bee could come back and dance and say, this is the way to pollen. I don't know. And then all the bees see it and they're like, awesome, dude. And they're like, we're going to find our own. No, it's, you got to follow that path. You have to go after it. It's, it's a whole nother ball game when you start obeying God. We need to listen and then obey. Just like the actions of Pilate, he listened to God and then stepped out and took action on what he heard. Didn't you just love that? That last verse? Pilate said, What is the truth? And then he says, Then he went back out to the Jews and told them, I find nothing wrong with this man. It's it's wild. It's on our shoulders. God is God is the king. He's just like the queen bee. We have one focus expand the kingdom. But then, when it comes down to it, in our hive, in our church, are we obeying that God is king and everything that comes with it? And are we going after that one purpose and that one vision with everything we got? That's what makes a healthy hive and that's what makes a healthy church. We're only as strong as we are together and saying we're all stepping forward and doing this. That's where it's at. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that as you continue speaking to us about unity and expanding the kingdom of God, that we would really hear it. And wouldn't it wouldn't just be a nice message of, of seeing what the hive and bees do and all the weirdness that they are, but I pray that we would take that on. We would hear you. We would receive you, and we'd actually step out in faith and action to see your kingdom come. Lord, I'm excited for the vision as we, as we launched it Last Sermon Series and we're continuing to move forward with it. Lord, thank you so much. Bless our lives as we move forward in this week, following after you. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about us, other episodes, and opportunities to partner with us, visit us at www.lighthouse805.com.